Welcome to Simple Truth Love, a place where we talk about self-leadership, self-care, and self-love. With the hope that our self-help conversations might inspire you to look at fundamental well-being practices. Here, we'll dissect powerful words and explore how those words can enable or disable us from being our best selves. And contemplate things together that make us be the best we can be. I'm Cindy Bradshaw. And I'm Rochelle Doyle. And today we're going to talk about being purposeful in our intentions to create our best year. Yesterday, I kind of had this epiphany that was, we're one month in. How is your launch going? Check in. Launching is going really well because I have started my book and I work on it every single day. Yay, we're doing it. My two big launch things were that and creating a new situation with work, Mm -hmm. which I told them what I wanted and they are considering all of that. The only problem I'm having is with launching also comes doubt. When I'm writing the book, I'm like, this isn't a very good book. Or with my work situation, I'm like, could they say like, no, we're not going to do this. And does that work for me? And like with it comes self-doubt. So I feel like I'm battling that. That's really interesting because a piece of that ties so strongly to my word faith Mm -hmm. in that if you're doing new things then that's the feeling that's going to come. That's what faith is, is leaning into the unknown. It's not really launching if you're able to feel safe in every regard, because that means you're doing the same thing that you've already been doing. You probably are on the right track because you are experiencing those feelings of the unknown. Yeah. Our words are like intertwining here because it's kind of like, I just have to keep going on and moving forward and not worrying about what the outcome's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like worrying about the outcome through the process is just inhibiting the process. I just need to keep going. I'm just going to move forward, keep in motion. I wonder if there's a piece of the words that we choose that guides our actions, because I've always thought of it as I choose the word And then I pray or or meditate on manifestation. Mm -hmm. But realistically, it's guiding your response too. How am I going to handle whatever obstacle? Well, my word is launch. So what does that mean? It means that I keep going and I keep fighting through. In the same way, how am I going to handle my obstacles? My word is faith. Mm -hmm. So I answer everything with this belief that things are going for the good. Right. It's really important to like the whole purpose behind having the word is so it informs every decision you make. So when I'm doubting or thinking, oh, this isn't really going to work now, I'm bummed out of or whatever. It's like, no, you just have to keep moving forward and not worry about the outcomes. Mm -hmm. And that's what faith is, too, is just like having enough faith to keep going. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When you don't know. Right. Did you answer that question for you about a month in and how how it's going? Okay. Well, I have smart goals. I have so many. (laughs) And looking at them, I'm actually pretty proud of some of my smart goals. Number one, I started off January with a 21-day fast and prayer. As you know, that was a fast from alcohol, from wheat, from sugar, from dairy, from meats other than fish. And I am working on reading the Bible. I want to read more books, so I'm doing that. I'm just going through my checklist. Podcast, we're working on it. 
for me, the easy part is checking boxes off. That's what my baseline goes to when I'm trying to apply my goals. But what I'm trying to accomplish, it's really spiritual and the work of me, like changing my mindset. And that's where I need to allow for a little bit more space. That looks like prayer and writing things down. But I think that a big part of it is us engaging in this podcast forces me to do that work. Mm -hmm. I've almost created a checklist thing that forces me to engage in the spiritual and mental component of things. Definitely. So we're doing pretty good for 30 days in. (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to change in this coming year? I wrote, be bold and live for you. What does that mean? (laughs) I think that's part of launching. It's like not worrying about what everybody else needs. And I think that's my place in my life that I'm at with having two grown kids now. Everyone needs something from me constantly. Like I've been living in that place for a really long time. Now I can be bold and just do what I want to do. And being bold is tackling things that I haven't tackled in a long time. Like my work situation, I need to go in and say, this is what I need versus just accepting what's happening. That has to do with intentionality too. Mm -hmm. Like how am I going to live the life that I really want to live? I have to be bold and say what I need. Mm -hmm. That's a hard thing for me. And that's where I see my boldness needing to come out is speaking up for myself. Yeah. I think that's something that we all or often females in work environments need to practice is when to speak up for yourself and how to do it in a way where it's received. I guess the question I would have, is it becoming upon us? to figure out how to make sure our message is received or is it really imperative upon our male colleagues to work on learning to hear different voices? Mm -hmm. I guess it's a little bit of both. Yeah. And I think, again, we've been nurtured to believe that our voices don't matter as much as other voices too. Mm -hmm. So there's something that needs to be overcome there. And I think more women tend to like, feel like it has to be bold, because we're not taught to naturally be that way. Right. Being demure. You're fighting against what you've always practiced. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the thing that I'd like to change most in the coming year, it's my health. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's the standard cliche New Year's resolution for people. But I think it's there for a reason because right about, I'd say Halloween is when we start to get into, all right, we've got Halloween. I'm going to eat all this candy. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's just this downward spiral. Right into New Year's Eve. (laughs) Where all of a sudden I've been drinking and eating and I'm puffy. You know how in the medical community, they call it circling the drain when somebody's like going in that downward spiral? That makes it perfectly. It's totally circling the drain. It's like you're in this vortex and you can't get out of it, right? Well, all of a sudden, it's like Sauvignon Blanc. It's noon. Why not? Right. Who cares? Yeah. So I want to focus on my health. I told you I started that journey through... The name of the program is the Invisible Waste Floating Ass program. (laughs) So the bigger question is, how are you going to deal with this in October? (laughs) 
It's funny. I've looked at all these journals that I've saved over the years and I'm so great at journaling until March. And then I like completely fall off the wagon in March. Well, this year the world ended. So, you know, there was that. But it's just interesting to me that like January, February, I can totally like hold it together and journal every day and meditate every day and eat really well and exercise and all of that. Right. So how do you maintain it through those more difficult times maybe is the, the harder thing? I think that there's two aspects. Number one, I think having an accountability partner mm-hmm. like you are for me mm-hmm. helps with success a little bit more. Right. So that there's someone that is asking you questions that, for lack of a better term, shames you into wanting to be productive in some way, if that works for you. The second thing that I think it's important to think about is that maybe that's the way that it should be. That maybe by October, I'll go back in the slumps again, but I will have improved throughout the year from where I go in November and December. And maybe I make baby changes every year. Like one of the things that I feel like I'm going to carry with me a little bit more than I have in previous years, Mm -hmm. this time I didn't have meat during the month of January. Normally I would have steak, chicken, turkey, whatever. I feel like that's a long-term transition I'm going to be thinking about for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that once a week or once a month or whenever, I won't have steak at a restaurant or a chicken sandwich when I feel like it. But so I feel like there's something that I've taken away from this experience that I'm going to carry into the rest of my life. So that little change is going to go a little bit further. Yeah, maybe it's not an all or nothing. I think about that a lot because I did one year where I wrote a paragraph a month about my life. When I go back and read that, it's like, I always do the same things every month. Oh, ate a bunch of Halloween candy. Oh, it's... December, why not just have a good time and eat whatever I want until January 1st? You know, like those same things happen every year. And maybe you have to have some of that in your life to feel like a complete person. Cause I don't want to be a person who never has a glass of wine or a cupcake again. You know, <laughs> you might really enjoy that steak every now and then. And I think that's the concept with dry January. It's like you've then taken 30 days that you normally would be drinking out of your calendar year. Mm-hmm. So Maybe it's about little wins and improving that. Like maybe could I do 10% more this year and do dry June too or something like that? Absolutely. I'm not doing that though. (laughs) Right. No, I'm not doing that this year. Um, But maybe it's just about improving a tiny bit, especially now when we can gather, like let's say next December, we can all get together. You're going to want to like eat all those hors d'oeuvres and... I think that's a really important thing to note what recovery looks like for us after the pandemic in quotation marks. If that ever happens, yeah. (laughs) What recovery looks like doesn't look like what it would in previous years because we've already been restricted from so much that we just want to be able to gather together. And I doubt that gathering together is going to involve carrot sticks and celery bites. No way. It's going to be a lot of like, I mean, think of like a New Year's Eve party or something that like you want to partake in everything. (laughs) You don't want to like, I think there's a place for everything and maybe it doesn't need to be excessive all the time. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's okay to eat a bunch of Halloween candy if you don't eat candy all year round. (laughs) So I had a different win this year. The last 
two, three years, my dry January has been a drier January because something happens in the middle of January. There's a party that I can't pass up. Mm -hmm. There's, I went to Atlanta and I'd never been to Atlanta and I wanted to celebrate that. There's something happening. Right. Part of this is probably because of the pandemic, but this year I was able to celebrate that I truly, what I set out to do up until that Saturday, which was January 30th. I knew I started off with the intention that on Sunday, January 31st, I would be drinking. That was my version of success. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday, January 30th, I was thinking, well, I could just have a glass of wine right now. I mean, I've done pretty much it. Right. But because that wasn't my version of success, I didn't want to do it. And that was a win all on its own of my, a testament of my willpower, and a testament of my perseverance. It's important to push yourself. Again, like I always talk about this eye watch that pushes me sometimes and says like, you could burn a couple more calories tonight or you, and I'm so focused on, oh, well, I can't not make the goal that I do it. So it works for me because it's like this computer reminding me like, hey, you know, you got a little bit further to go. Don't stop now. That's good though. Those measures of accountability that we can put in for us, especially if you don't always have autonomy and drive to do everything, especially as you're learning new habits, right? Whatever you can do to safeguard yourself, to do whatever it is that you want to accomplish, having an Apple watch, having a friend, taking 10 minutes out to journal what your plans are, writing down your plans, having intentionality. Totally. Well, I think having an accountability partner for the whole year is super important because just even like when you and Mm -hmm. Carrie and I were doing The Artist's Way, it just kept it going because I had to be accountable for it. And it's the same concept with the iWatch. Like now that I close my rings every day, like I can't stop now. I've done it for like 200 and some odd days, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's like, you can't stop now. So keep going. It helps with the launching. (laughs) Googling this. How many days until a habit is formed? 21. I think that's what they normally say, which I don't know if that's... (laughs) The internet says it takes 18 to 254 days to create a habit. (laughs) I don't know. I have to say, so I got this iWatch for Mother's Day, so in May, and I've been super consistent with it. And now I don't even think about it. Like I sometimes I'm like, oh, did I close my ring? Like I have to check, but I know that like my habits now make the rings close every day. Mm -hmm. I'm to the point where it's pretty automatic. That's I think the goal. And that's the benefit of those resets, I would say, is that it's just giving me a chance to habit form in a different way Mm -hmm. than what I've let my lazy October, November, December habits sloth their way into. Totally. What are you looking forward to learning in the coming year? I put getting out of my rut. What I mean by that is like what we were just talking about, creating new habits that make me feel better about my life. Yeah, I think it's all intertwined. Mm -hmm. What I'm most looking forward to learning in this coming year is self-leadership. That's a big part of why I think we're doing this is being my best self. And a part of that is rut-breaking and leaning into positive thinking on a more regular basis or creating action steps that help us build in good habits. It all is 
intentionality and Mm -hmm. naming what we want to have in the world. It's all that same thing. Right. And I think when you're in a rut, you're just like repeating the same things over and over again, and you're not moving forward and you're not trusting that new things will get you there. What do you think is the biggest risk that's going to be your obstacle this year? I think you get in this comfortable place where it's like what you normally do feels right, even though it isn't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that rut is just your go-to and you're just so used to it. It can be like that with drinking a glass of wine every night, like questioning some of those things to bring liveliness to your life. Anytime you bring in some sort of newness, it makes you feel a little more alive and less stuck. I love that feeling. And it's funny because complacency is the thief of joy. But then that's the part of our brain that it's so much easier to operate from. The basal ganglia, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or wrong, mm-hmm. is that small piece where you learn new information and it's a lot harder to use that part of your brain. And then the prefrontal cortex is where you store your habits and you're able to do things on autopilot and it's so much bigger and easier to use. So really it's funny that we are wired to not like change. We're wired to be adverse to change. Well, that's the reason women stay with men who abuse them for a long time. It's like, it's just easier sometimes. And it's just like what they're used to. And that's Mm -hmm. another reason why women in that situation sometimes have some background of abuse because it feels comfortable. And even though it's like when you're looking from the outside in, you're like, that's horrible. Why would you ever stay there? Right. But it's comfortable and being comfortable is sometimes much easier than trying that new thing that then you're questioning yourself. Like, am I doing this right? Am I, is it worth it? Why am I doing this? Cause I might fail. So I think to truly have self leadership, you have to like, in some ways, force yourself to keep going forward with something new, even if it's scary or hard or yeah, I think comfort is a big deal. Right. It's like when you go camping, it's like totally sucks to sleep on the floor and all of that. But yeah, then you've been out by this beautiful, serene lake and you watch the sunset and you watch the sunrise, right? But sleeping that night, like you're going to focus on that painful part of it and you're not going to move forward with being able to experience something. What's his name? Big tall guy that does all the walking on fire and everything. He always talks about the pain pleasure principle. And it's like your pain has to get so bad to a certain level for you to change what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And like sometimes the pleasure of it is not enough. Mm -hmm. Anthony Robbins. Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of his books and things. Getting stuck in a rut. Mm -hmm. It feels good naturally, but then it doesn't do anything for your, it doesn't feed your soul. No, like think of your mission trips. They're, they're a perfect example. You probably look back on those as like such an amazing thing that you did and right. And it enriches your soul every day. But when you're there and you maybe are not in the best accommodations or whatever, there's times that it sucks too. That make you go, Oh, should I do that again? But it's just funny because like, you'd be so bummed if you had never done those things. Right. Better to do the thing than to not do the thing. Like you regret the things you don't do versus the things you do. Just going for it and trying things like there's really no negative. Yeah, you might be in some weird situation, but then you have a cool story when you get back. I think this captures the moment perfectly. 
we're on the safari in Rwanda and looking at all these animals in Africa on the plains. And it's just super cool getting super close to a zebra, getting super close to the hippopotamus, but they had these biting flies that (laughs) would bite you the entire time. It felt so annoying. It was like a little pinch every couple of seconds somewhere on your body throughout the duration of the six hour safari where you're looking at this incredible experience. You have these biting flies that you keep swatting at. And I think that tells a story of what it is that we have to accomplish in life in order to see this once in a lifetime trip. You had to deal with the biting flies. That's a great story because it's so true with many things like nothing's perfect. And you just have to be like, well, this is that experience of being with the animals was totally worth getting like maybe a bug bites on you for 10 days and it sucks, but <laughs> but you lived and you did something like, right. I would much rather do that than sit in my house safe and watch them on TV. Exactly. But you have a choice. You do have a choice. I think it's interesting. I'm hoping that maybe now I'll look at things and think, what's my biting fly right now? And then what's the bigger thing that I'm trying to accomplish? Same thing with my master's. Mm-hmm. Homework is a biting fly. Right. <laughs> um, trying to work on my projects. That's a great example, what you just had of. It's all around what are your biting flies and what is your safari? 